Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it's a brand new mock draft, baby. Mock draft Monday. All new draft order, new team needs, so many different outlooks for these teams. And we've updated the big board a bunch since the last time we did a mock draft. So a lot of new names, a lot of new possibilities. We're going to go through all of them. And yes, Carolina and Cleveland, we got you too. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on a drum roll, please. Thank you very much. Mock Draft Monday, everybody. And a lot of people tweeting at, shoot, both of us, the show account, our accounts, talking to us about, oh man, there's so many things that have changed from this past weekend, this Sunday's games. Can't wait for you guys to talk about it and had to tell people, hey, we're not doing what matters most. But we are Settle doing a down. mock draft. But we, but we are doing a mock draft. So we're kind of doing a what matters most, and we knew that we would get to a lot of those topics as we talked about it here. Connor, how the hell are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Listen, coming off a crazy weekend, all is well, and it's the end of the month. That means we got bills to pay. It means it's mock draft time. You know the situation, <laughs> right? I mean, Rent is due in a few days. Rent the is, family yeah. is starving. Rent is due. We're 60 days away from, you know, well, not 60 days away. We are entering the holiday season quite quicker than you realize folks that means mock drafts must be fired out we need the thirty thousand views now we're just kidding that's not why we do them but man <laughs> I, I am excited because you and i have been texting about a couple different players obviously we get to do a lot of different team fits in this and we'll even go i'm not going to call it a two-round mock draft but for the teams that don't get to pick in round one we will explore their possibilities in round two it's easier this year you know it's it's a lot easier to like do that you know, little into day two experiment. Cause I feel like in the past it's been like, I don't know, four or five teams who weren't picking in round yeah. one. It's like, all right, well that's kind of a big addition to what we already have is 32 picks, but yeah, we'll try to do our best kind of as this draft season goes along. Certainly it's easy with the Panthers scheduled the pick right at the top of the second round, Cleveland Browns a little bit further, but we'll give the fan bases of, of those two teams um, something to cheer for when we get to the end of this mock draft as well. Dude, uh, I don't want to waste too much time. We know no. that we spend a lot of time on each one of these teams, each one of these picks. Uh, for those who are following along at home, the best way to do that is, of course, on PFF's mock draft simulator. That's how you guys are going to see us run through this mock draft exercise. And man, a lot of changes, I think, even from this past weekend. There were some unfortunate injuries that we've seen from across the NFL that go into what teams might be doing. The trade deadline's popping a little bit. We're recording this late Monday afternoon, so we got the Leonard Williams trade. We'll see if anything breaks here on this show. But, buddy, do you want to go odds or evens? Which one are you into here? I'll take the evens. Okay, best news is you get to pick for the Bears no matter what. Right. You do get to pick for the Bears no matter which you choose. So in this scenario, I don't have to pick first overall, which I think is very tricky in this mock draft, by the way. I don't think it's as cut and dried because there's no trades. Yeah. And I put the Jets platter on your lap this week for once. Oh, you son of a gun. Mm, All right. All right. The honor is all mine. After a thrilling Jets victory this weekend, I saw the little clip that y'all posted it, it, with the, in the SNY studios where it looks like you're all just staring at the TV. Was that for the kick to go into overtime or was that the kick to win it? There was two of them. So I think the 
I think they showed both. The one where I'm over the desk, I, we have monitors under each of our in markers. The, yeah, in the desk. In the desk. So, And then the last one, the kick to win it, I'm not in the shot because I'm standing off to the side. I'm a stander when, like, moments when, oh, you know, yeah, when things yeah. get hot. Yeah. Uh, so, And there's a really big monitor off to the left. So I'm standing literally, like, nose to monitor like this. <laughs> And then I come back on. You see me come back on at the end and Pat Willie on the back because he didn't think the kick went in. Um, yeah, I just I say this. I was on the phone with my dad late after the game and I was like, every single win they have comes down to the last play. Like it's there's never, ever a normal game that you go into the studio at the two minute warning or there's four minutes left and you pat the sweat off your head. You write down notes for the show. You never know. You just never know. I think that makes it thrilling, but like a 21-10 to win in my lifetime would would truly be remarkable at this point. You know, unfortunately, the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, it might have been a little bit different, which, by the way, I'm just going to say this live on the show. Uh, you should refresh the Mock Draft Sim page if you have it up because the updated big board is now part of it. So, you love to see it. A little, a little behind the curtain here, folks. We're just, we're just rolling with the punches here. I updated the big board right before the show, and now it's officially in the Mock Draft Sim. So now it is for you guys as well as you're hearing this. But... Jets aren't exactly talented enough to like have a major win. So if they're going to win, it is going to be down to the wire every time, which makes your, life, yeah. makes your life a lot of fun. All right, let's I, I'll get into it with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals here. They are on the clock once again with the number one overall pick. And we saw the comment on I think it was the latest video where somebody said you guys need to do mocks with trades. We will get there. We will do plenty of mock drafts with trades. It, it is too early. I, I'll, I'll talk about hypotheticals here at number one because I think it is a conversation here. Cardinals, when they were picking at number one before the season and we were going through mock drafts, it was kind of an easy exercise. Give him Caleb Williams, right? Move on from Kyler Murray. This team's going to be absolutely terrible. Now it looks like, okay, the record's not good, but Cardinals are fighting, man. And if you put Kyler Murray back on this team, all of a sudden – this team is probably still picking in the top 10, but it's a lot further down the top 10 list. It's not sitting here at number one. So I think they're going in the right direction enough to not only play Kyler Murray this year, but feels like stick with him in that contract. So I'm not going to have them trading back, but just off the top of your head, kind of as we're looking at this list, we don't have to dive, spend too much time into this, but I personally look at the Green Bay Packers sitting at number six and how bad that offense is right now. And if they get into the top five, they are a major candidate, if you ask me, to potentially trade up to number one in this scenario so the Cardinals aren't moving back too far, getting multiple first-round picks, still have Kyler Murray at quarterback, and then do what we've seen the Eagles do and own the first draft over the next couple of years. But I think the Packers, and then I look at New England as well as those two teams that I think could get real aggressive for a quarterback here. Yeah, I don't think you're you're wrong at all. I think it's... It's really interesting to think, you know, where Arizona is at, right? You're right how things change, perception changes that it was just like if they're this bad, just blow it all up, right? Like just start all over again that they've been they've been fearless enough to do that. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, it does feel like things changing. Is it crazy Trevor, do you think how this season ends with Kyler affects this as well? Like if they look, you have a new staff there. If things look at least steady with Kyler, is it just completely erase the chance of this team even exploring 
taking Caleb Williams number one overall? Yeah, if it looks great with Kyler, I think so. Because I know that we have talked about the the value of having a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, especially for where the rest of the Cardinals roster is right now. And I would definitely agree with that. But at the same time, as much as we love all of these players, they've never played it down in the NFL yet. Right. There was a stretch of, of time where Kyler looked like an MVP. Without a doubt. It's, you know, it's, it's been quickly forgotten. Right. And and so if Kyler comes back and looks good, yeah, you stick with him. I think you trade this number one overall pick. But we're not doing trades in this mock because we don't want it to get too off the rails. I think I got it. I think I got to take Olu here. Ooh, I think I have to. If I'm not taking a quarterback, I think I've got to take Olu because as much as I love Marvin Harrison Jr., you guys, we've we've had this conversation here on this show. This wide receiver class is so good. And is Marvin Harrison clearly wide receiver one? Yes, he is. But you even you've even got another pick not too far down at 11 in this draft. You can get wide receiver two at 11 in this draft. You get a great wide receiver so many different years. It's tough to get an offensive lineman. The pass blocks the way that Olu Fashano does. So I am actually going to go with Olu Fashano here at the top of this draft with the disclaimer that I do think Arizona would trade this pick if they are not taking a quarterback. And it goes back to your original point that it, you know, because you know, you never want to do the whole like just trade the pick. But in this scenario, they are set up so well to trade the pick because the teams that would want to come up are right behind them. Right. You're not moving. You're still getting a blue chip talent. You're still getting an Olu Fashano. You're still getting a Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. Whoever you like in the draft, you're going to get your guy because you could decide to move back to two. You could move back to four, five, six. Like, that's the key. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I also, I, I do think that they probably trade this one, but I don't know how desperate Green Bay is going to be. Like, Green Bay to me doesn't, It'll take multiple first round picks to get the one. You I know think it's they going would ride to. it out with Jordan Love, and I'm not saying that's correct. Over trading, trading uh, multiple trading first round picks. Yeah. Is Bill Belichick going to trade multiple first round picks to move from five to one for a quarterback? Maybe. Anyways, that, well, I'm going to go with Olu here. Although I would love to hear from you guys in the comments what you think would happen at number one as it stands today. Who's trading up? What are they getting? Who's going to get who? But Olu Fashano in this mock draft going number one. I would have went with Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's close. And those mm-hmm. are the two players I was stuck between, was Olu and Marvin Harrison Jr. I do think he's special, but your point still remains about what Olu brings as a pass-protecting tackle. So I'm on the clock of the Bears at two, and it's very chalk. I mean, in this spot, I'm taking Caleb Williams. Obviously, still my top quarterback, although it's it's always been really close between him and Drake May with Michael Penix on the outside looking in on those two. In this scenario, the Bears are resetting their quarterback clock. It feels like a Justin trades, a Justin Fields trade is inevitable this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that I would is, agree. it's best for both parties involved. Ryan Poles gets his quarterback of the future. And Trevor, as you're up next on the clock, what's exciting for the Bears is that they might get to stack whatever quarterback they take with another blue chip player yeah this one's easy right if 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 marvin's on the board you're you're taking marvin harrison jr and um you know it'd be hard to think that if i would have went with marvin harrison at number one i wouldn't be picking olu fashano here at three right and you could say like okay well some of the guys on on 
the offensive line for Chicago, not the worst in the world. Certainly you invested in, in Darnell Wright last year, but again, the pass protection and movement ability of Olu is it's really rare. And I'll be the first one to say it's not like he's a perfect prospect. I do think he needs to get stronger. He he really does. And I think the NFL could expose him a little bit in that way until he does. But God, dude is just a, a dancing bear is the scouting term that I we, we've heard a lot over the years just for a massive dude who moves super well uh, and can sometimes engulf those, even the best edge rushers that we've seen in college football. So um, I, anyways, that makes it very easy. You're going Caleb Williams at two. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. at three to give the Bears that one-two combo quarterback wide receiver. Imagine, quick side note, you're in a dynasty draft and you just you blew up your team a year or two ago and and you're going to be picking back to back and you could stack this combo playing mm. on the same team. It's like, like, do you like do you like doing that fantasy football? I like to stack. Like I this did, year I have when I have it's Lawrence right. and Ridley. Yeah, that's a good one. Like in dynasty it's obviously can be tricky, but yeah, in redraft when applicable it's a lot of fun. Yeah. The thing for me is like I have like a ton of Lamar Jackson shares this year, and I was not touching any, any Ravens wide receiver. Right, because you knew he was going to go off, but you right. just didn't know who it so, was going to go to. Exactly. Yeah. Like your theory with Lawrence is, makes a ton of sense. So the Giants are on the clock at four. Yeah. I also think this pick is really easy. I'm taking Drake May mm-hmm. at four. I am like full transparency. I've never obviously been a big Daniel Jones guy. Fortunately for the Giants, the contract they paid him is going to have these crazy long-term implications on them. The short-term implications here might be it's a little awkward. You're paying a quarterback $40 million and you're drafting one in the top five. That's clearly his replacement. But, I mean, Joe Shane, sure, he paid Daniel Jones, right? Like, I, I, I believe there was a lot of ownership influence there, too. Whatever, this is not the point of the conversation. Brian Dable and Joe Shane also can make the argument that they want to get their own quarterback to develop from scratch. Daniel Jones, when they got him, had been through a lot of turmoil with the Giants organization for a couple years, maybe developed some bad habits or couldn't break some bad habits. Uh, He's not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the means, but I just will never believe he's a guy that will take you to the promised land. And the health is starting to become a big conversation of that when you look at his injuries and taking those hits. So the bottom line is I'm a huge Drake may fan. I think the giants losing a lot of games is good for the giants at this point. And they've accepted that with the trade of Leonard Williams got back a right. second round pick. That's phenomenal return. And yeah. they did that by paying off the money on that deal. Yeah. Um, so if the giants can end up picking at four, which is far from a guarantee because the defense is scrappy, I'm taking Drake may. Yeah, no, it's it, it's big to get that extra second round pick is is big, especially if you hit a quarterback here at the top in round one gives you the ability to probably reinvest into the trenches. I would assume, oh, yes, with a couple of picks in, in round two. So we got Drake May going for Patriots on the clock at five. You know, I'm going to do this mock. We should have said this at the top. I'm doing this more as like a what I would do kind of a mock. Um, we, we've got the team needs for these these teams, and I don't want to go too unrealistic with what I think the roster is, but New England sitting here at five quarterbacks got to be heavy on the board, especially if they end up picking in the top five when it's all said and done. I feel like, I feel like Bill's going to go after a veteran in free agency, but man, it's Joe Alder Bo Nix for me right here. 
And I think both of them are immediate starters for this team. I feel like they would take Alt. I think they would take Alt too. Man, quarterback's just such a I massive know. unknown. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll, mm, <laughs> this is so much fun. Everybody just gets to listen to the indecisiveness uh, yeah, that's in my our head. Mental when we do breakdowns. These right, right. Mock drafting have- is, I, I'll say this, and maybe I'm just, this is recency bias. I have found mock drafting very difficult this year because of the quarterback turmoil. Yeah. Well, it's because I think we have so many quarterbacks that we like right. that, unfortunately, like, the big all right, you want you want to know what the big clashing point is for me right now with with mock drafts in this quarterback class because I think it all stems from the quarterback class. I feel like the league's not going to be that high on Michael Penix, and I like Michael Penix a lot. And I feel like the league's going to be really high on JJ McCarthy, and I think JJ McCarthy's still got a ways to go. Yeah, we'll be we'll be lower than the league. It'll be flipped of how we rank. Correct. Them. Yes, exactly. that's exactly so right. When we're doing mock drafts, I'm sitting here at number five, and I'm saying to myself, okay, well, it, the drafts this weekend. It might be McCarthy at five, but I don't have I, I don't have McCarthy close to being a number five overall type of a prospect. So I don't want to pick him in this kind of exercise. So to me, that is the biggest discrepancy and the biggest issue with doing mock drafts right now is where do the quarterbacks go? We've got a lot of them that we like, but does the league feel the same way? Because to me, it feels like we're on different sides of the coin with those two players. I'll go with Joe Alt though. I'm gonna go. I'll go with Alt at as the Patriots pick at number five. I, they just they they need to reinvest in the offensive line so badly, and it's been a problem for them for a couple of years now. And all it's a good way to fix it. All right, so the Packers are on the clock here at six. Man, there's a lot going on with them, right? I mean, offense stinks, brother. The offense, offense stinks. It stinks, and I don't think they really are great at pass catcher. I don't. I think they've been beat up on the line because of that. Jordan Love is not really. It's not because of that, because I think it's I think everything could be evaluated in a vacuum. Like I've seen a lot of defense of Jordan Love over the mm-hmm. last month, and I get it as somebody who's covered many teams that you're always saying, well, this is bad. So the quarterback can't do anything. But I also think it's, it has not been a great year individually for Jordan Love. He has not been great, but his supporting cast, uh, the I offensive agree. line has not been what it's needed to it's be. It's hard the, to evaluate. The run game has been terrible. Yeah. I, I think the youthfulness of their pass catchers is really showing right now. Really oh, showing. It's chaotic when you watch them. Chaotic. And, it's, and I think here's the thing. This is one of the most inexperienced offenses in the NFL. I mean, you take Aaron Jones basically out of the situation. David Bakhtiari is clearly out of the situation. You're playing two rookie tight ends, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, a rookie wide receiver in Jaden Reed, a first-time starter in Jordan Love, and the offensive line, at least off the top of my head, I think it, it pretty young as well. So this yeah. is a super young team. But are the Packers, who have been a historically fantastic franchise, going to be able to just sit here at the end of the year and go, yeah, I mean, we were just young. I, I don't know. I don't well, you know. Gotta imp- you got to improve though throughout the year. I no, I agree with I agree with that completely. Am I a wild man? If yes, I, but go if, on. I, yes, I am. Um, if I take Tally's Fuaga here, I, I this is the earliest we've had him, and I will admit there's there's players I have ranked higher. Right, like I have Johnny Newton, Brock Bowers, Leatu Latu, uh, Chop Robinson. Uh, Jared Verse, mm-hmm. 
you know, even the receivers like Keon Coleman and Malik Neighbors, like I have them mm-hmm. ranked higher. But this is a need, and this is a team that wants to run the ball under Matt Lafleur, and this is a team that needs to get more help at tackle. I think I'm going to do it, I, and I think that too. This is a guy that is rapidly rising, and you were on him very, very early, and I think it's caught on in the league where this guy looks like a first round tackle, and if you're a first round tackle. I mean, the sky is the absolute limit here. How early you can go. We's, every year, Darnell Wright, Iki Aquanu, like there's just these rapid risers at the position. I'm going to take Fuaga here for Green Bay. Uh, I think that this fits their identity, and I think they need help on the offensive line. I know they've had injuries, but I don't expect Bakhtiari to really be a long-term answer for the Packers anymore. I'm going with Fuaga. Look, man, uh, you know you're speaking music to my ears. By the way, the sound effects that you might have heard a minute ago, that must be that was me punching my fist into my hand, just so just so everybody who's audio only doesn't get any doesn't get any bad ideas because they know I like to pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to cover good, my co- good disclaimer. Yeah, no, the, the second I stopped doing it, I was like, wait a second. Um, yeah, we don't need our channel under hot water. No, we don't. We don't. Or do we? Does the, mm. does does the scandal increase the viewership? That is the way of media these days. Like, what's the most outrageous thing I can do to get attention? This. Yes. Uh, all right. I love Fuaga. I think <laughs> I think it's a great pick for the Packers. Uh, we've clearly talked about tackle being a need for them, knowing that. Well, not knowing, but the uncertainty of of David Bakhtiari's status just as as a which player sucks, on that man. Like, yeah, no, it does. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Fuaga is going to test well enough to end up going this high in the draft for sure. But I know, but I know the tape's damn good. He's a top fifteen player for me. Um, you know, somebody who I don't know if we'll get him in this mock draft, but somebody who you and I watched recently, Caden Ellis from Utah, who we both really like. I mean, he's been super good. productive this year. Nuts, and he played. Utah played Oregon State, and I was like, okay, I got to go watch this because Ellis was just absolutely putting on a clinic against some offensive tackles. And the entire second half, he's lined up against Fuaga, and Fuaga lets him know what NFL strength is going to be like. Right. And so I was like, all right, man, I love that you passed this test as well. So um, Fuaga's my guy. I'm all for it at number six. Seven. Yeah. Colts. Hmm. They could have their pick of the litter at corner. Could also go Malik Neighbors. Could also go Brock Bowers. I really liked when you gave them Brock Bowers in the one prospect for every player. It's kind of that BPA situation. I know. They're a team where it's, you know, it makes sense. Because they got some talent at actual wide receiver, but... You know, uh, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to reunite two SEC greats here. Anthony oh. Richardson and Brock Bowers, Florida and Georgia becoming friends in the pros. It's it's like one of those it's like one of those sports movies where it's like, you know, they hated each other for a long time. And now they got to come together to have a common goal to win a championship. That's that's Brock Bowers and Anthony Richardson. And then they end up becoming best friends. You know, I like it. They could write a book together. Right. Yeah. So. I'll go Brock Bowers here. A lot of different options for the Colts, though. Very curious to hear what Colts fans think about this pick uh, with the rest of the players on the board. But if I'm picking them, 
I'm going Brock Bowers. The Broncos at eight. One of the there's a wide range of outcomes with this team in the offseason. Just the way the roster is, things could get crazy at the actual deadline soon. Mm. I mean, the bottom line is they're not picking early enough here to take Drake May or Caleb Williams. I've voiced my opinion that I think Sean Payton would love to move on from Russell Wilson when he can, but I'm not going to reach on a quarterback here. That could even be a situation where they bring in competition in another round or in free agency or whatever it may be. So for the Broncos in this spot, man, they swung and missed on a lot of free agent signings. Yeah. This is a team that they could still use some help at edge pass rusher after Randy Gregory didn't work out. Although I'll tell you, um, uh, my brain just totally melted right there. Baron Browning, of course. Oh yeah. Is like there. It's not like there's. I want to be clear that there's not like it's. It's not totally void of talent here. I thought you were going to shout out Jonathan Cooper, who I feel like has also been playing well. Yeah, like there there are players here for sure. I'm excited though um, about some of the young guys they have up front, but I still think they could use more. I'm going to go kind of more of a BPA approach here for the Broncos and go with Leatu Latu. I think, and I get it right. Like this wide receiver group can look a lot different. Who knows if if they'll keep both Sutton and Judy. Once again, they could always go quarterback. There's a lot of different options for them. But at the end of the day, it feels like BPA here. The Broncos will be that team, Trevor, that it'll be really hard to fully land on where they're at until their pick is actually written in ink. Because here's the example, right? I mean, they're, what, four spots away from taking Drake May in this mock draft. And four spots at this point in the season is nothing. Or I'll even one-up it. They're three spots away from taking Joe Alt. I would have no problem taking Joe Walt if I was them. So, or even Fuaga. But Latu is just so talented. He's got so much polish as a pass, pass rusher. Now you have some some talent up there with Latu and Browning and Cooper that you could actually help that back end of the defense too. Look, I'm never going to hate on a Latu Latu pick. I think that um, he's an easy sell. Yeah, he he is a super easy sell. One of the most technically impressive pass rushers that we have in this draft and and honestly guys who are at the college level who are coming up i mean they don't they don't get much better than this so he is fantastic like that pick at eight even though the defense is already good for them i know there's a lot of wide receivers but i like the idea of saying like hey what if they went this direction remember how bad it was to start the year and i know they had injuries no, you're, but everyone I, you right. like i don't want recency bias and good for the broncos that they've they've started to write the ship a little bit there but they, they still need a premier guy up front. Latu's a premier guy. Are we both rocking Shaker Cup today? Is that what I just saw? Are, are we? Are you? Uh, you I'm, like, oh, I'm usually yeah, like the cocktail looking shaker out of water. <laughs> but I, hey, I'm yeah, I, usually getting hammered because it's the only way you can get through this podcast. I mean, it's a it's a mock draft day. That double Shaker Cup day on the stock exchange. Yeah, so I use the I, I use the shaker for it's almost exclusively water throughout the day. And it just it lets me keep track of how much water I'm yeah. drinking because normally I, I don't drink enough water and I don't want to like carry the gallon around. You know, yeah, I it's a to. tough scene. Yeah, but I, you used to, right? I used to. I oh yeah, it. I yeah, used to. Would. This is the worst thing. I actually like transitioned from because I was definitely a gallon drinker in college when I started at Bleacher Report. I had a good reasoning for this, but I definitely looked like a meathead tool. I don't like getting out of my desk and going to the water cooler 40 times a day. Of course. Number one, 
Like it takes a lot of time. It's yeah. a pretty, pretty decent walk. Right. And two, you find yourself in 8,000 conversations. And I just like, let me eliminate this. I'll come in with a gallon of water every day and I never have to get up and go to the water cooler. But then it really hit me like a weekend. I look like the biggest tool in this entire place. No, yeah. You, no, you can't be wasting the calories. You know, we're on a gain. You know, it's New York in the winter. Oh, we, can't you, be, we, can't be, we can't be walking to the, but, we can't be walking to the cooler. That's That's unnecessary cardio. You know what I'm I, saying? I don't have the gallon anymore. I've downsized to like the 64 ounce or whatever it is, like the thermos. What you're Which, saying is that we're both in relationships and uh, I know, get we destroyed for it, anymore. dude. Even the 64 ounce, like <laughs> I get a death stare every day when it's in the way or I walk out the door with it or yeah, you nailed it. You know the deal. Look, if she ever she has, she has a headache. Just hold up the one gallon I do all the time. I'm like hydration and I just walk away. It's like, a little... all right. Are you ready for this pick for the yeah, round? Let's do it. You ready for it? Bone. I X. hope so. Bone X. Okay. Going Bo Nix here. I mean... Matthew Stafford playing phenomenally. He's been beat up over the last couple of years. He has. He's beat up currently. I don't know how much... There have been swirling rumors of, is this guy going to retire for a couple of years now? Certainly, like, since the Super Bowl. It's like, hey, buddy, you got the ring. You got the trophy. What more do you have to prove? And I think that Stafford, the former number one overall selection, massive statistics when he was with Calvin Johnson and the Lions, goes, plays in McVay's offense, plays well enough to... Like we said, win a Super Bowl. And I think that he also had this season in which he was proving people wrong again. Now, yes. that may, might motivate him to come back and say, I got more left in the tank. But draft Knicks now, man. The dual threat ability of Bo Knicks, if he gets to sit behind Matthew Stafford for a year, that's a great situation. And then you're putting him in an offense with Sean McVay, who I don't think's gonna retire with Stafford because maybe this changes if that's the case but I'm gonna be under the assumption that McVay's gonna stick around um big friend of the show Benjamin Solak we were I was talking to him in a football group chat I have and um he was talking about how Bo Nix kind of feels like plus Jared Goff and we saw what McVay was able to do with Goff over the years uh and I just think that that is uh that's something that would be very alluring for the Rams to get that quarterback of the future, whether they need it immediately or whether they need it a year from now. So I'm going Bo Nix here. All right. So Bo Nix to the Rams, their quarterback of the future. The commanders are on the clock at 10. Do you think we've seen enough from Sam Howell this year that he gets another shot next year? If they're picking uh, here, not like there's as, no, not like, as like an, not as an undisputed. Sure. Because ultimately, fair. if the commanders are picking in the top 10, Rivera's probably out, right? And yeah. it's not like Sam Howell's going anywhere. He's on a rookie contract. Right. But whoever comes in is probably going to say what everybody says. We like Sam. Sam's going to have every you know right to compete for this job, blah, blah, blah. But he, if, they're, if they finish top 10, I think Rivera's gone, and I think that Sam Howell is not the cemented starter in any way, to answer your question. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I think that because I'm not going to take Penix here as much as I love Penix, but my other needs as I look at them, it would be tackle. And I don't really love the way the tackle board is broke here. I know there's been some rumors that they they could look to move one of the guys on their front four because they simply like mathematically, it would just be kind of impossible. Right. Yeah, which is. You know, they didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth year. They've paid Deron Payne. Jonathan Allen's been there a long time. 
I think it's I think it's one of those situations where like, OK, so you just draft another guy for the front four. I don't think that might make a ton of sense either. They're weak in the middle of the field, but there's no linebacker I'm taking in this spot. They're a tricky team in the spot. They really, really are. And I think they have pass catching talent. I don't think Jahan Dotson just completely forgot how to play. I guess you could no. argue with the way 11 personnel is in this league and how the enemy can get throw happy. Like you can take a third wide receiver here. Like I, I would honestly, I would still consider Roma Dunze here because now you have more size at the wide receiver. position. Right. right. That would be my sell here. It, like because Dotson's a smaller player. McLaurin can play big, but Dunze would give you a size, speed, vertical threat that you feel good about the three wide receivers that you're going to trot out there. Because I don't want to just reach on a tackle in this spot as much as it's like, look at their needs. They need offensive line help. I don't like that value here. They need linebacker help. I don't like that value here. And the only Mm -hmm. tight end I would take would be Brock Bowers and he's gone. So I'm going to go with Roma, Roma Dunze here and try a BPA approach at a position that I think is is okay, but you want to make it really, really good while your quarterback position is uncertain. No, I I like it, man. I like that we're leaning a little bit more towards the what we would do rather than just saying like, hey, this is the need. Let's throw JC Latham in the top ten and yeah, maybe that's not he ends up drafting. there, but right. I don't think that it's there. You 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 said it right there. Don't think that, I don't think that it's smart drafting and. This is part of the exercise, right? You know, people watch this and listen to us to not only hear our assessment of teams and what we think the teams might do, but also what we might do. And so I think that that's a, that's a good one. Uh, any, any Washington fans who are listening watching this, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you would have done if the board fell this way and Washington was sitting there at number 10. That wraps up the top 10 there. But got to remind people that this time of year, it's all about getting the routines, the checklist, and the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it easy, quick, affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance in less than 10 minutes. They got flexible policies to fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you all online and in your schedule. You can go for start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That's meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Back to the board. Arizona Cardinals sitting here at number 11. I gave them Olu Fashanu at number one, and it couldn't have broke better for your boy because we got wide receiver two still on the board here with Malik Neighbor. So I think that's that's where I have to look, man. Uh, I think that they still need that dominant wide receiver in the room in Arizona could have been Marvin Harrison Jr. at the very top but I feel like for as much as people might have been yelling at me at the at the top of the episode like hey you go get Marvin Harrison go get Marvin Harrison not that Marvin Harrison would be a bad football player but look at the offensive linemen that are available here and you're just picking at 11 a lot of them are gone we just had the conversation that we didn't want to overdraft a JC Latham and a Marius Mims maybe we get to a point throughout the draft season where that's not nearly as much of a reach but right now it would feel like that so them getting Olu the top offensive tackle at number one and then them getting a 
stud wide receiver in Malik Neighbors at here at eleven is uh, a combo that that yeah. I'm going to sign up for every day if it's not a trade down situation. I mean, this is a slam dunk if you're Arizona. The fact that you got Olu, but then a top flight wide receiver fell to you outside the top ten. I absolutely love that. I mean, for me in this spot, it would be him or Johnny Newton for Arizona. That's yep. that's what it comes down to, and uh, honestly. For the Raiders, that's exactly what I'm going to do is take Johnny Newton is just get some beef and pass rush juice on the interior. This, this, is, this is Johnny Newton range. right? This here. is Johnny Newton range right here. You're <laughs> we've abs- entered. We've entered the Johnny Newton zone. Buck, buck, buckle up, folks. We have put on your uh, your hazmat suits and get ready because things are about <laughs> to get nasty up in here. Listen, Johnny Newton paired with Max Crosby for a long time just makes a lot of sense, right? You got that interior pocket pusher or pocket disruptor mixed with a rusher that can rush from wide alignments and it really max crosby could do anything it's not fair to pigeonhole him like that but and then and then you're hoping the green light really comes on for tyree and now you have a front that that's cooking a little bit bucks at 13 oh man i didn't even do this on purpose but now i this yeah, was a, did this is a up. phenomenal choice by me going up. evens you're 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 spiting me everything you're, has worked out perfectly you're making me pick here for the bucks um, you know, I think that the arrow is certainly pointing in the wrong direction for Tampa and the, a lot of the wins that they had early in the season overinflated, right? I especially look at that Vikings game where that's a team that probably should have beat Tampa, but the turnovers, and we saw that as a trend for Minnesota in the early part of the season, the turnovers just absolutely killed them. So they get that road win they beat the Bears. The Bears were absolutely putrid at the time, kind of still are. Um, they beat the Saints in New Orleans, which was a big surprise to me, and it was a massive victory. But it's a division game, so you never know what's going to happen. They've since lost to the Lions, lost to the Falcons, lost to the Bills. It's not all Mayfield's fault. But sitting on a one-year deal, if you're picking 13, I've got a hard time believing you're signing a long-term contract right like unless just every unless he was just balling out and the rest of the team was putrid which isn't really the case he's not the biggest problem that they have but he does have consistency issues i think you're probably looking to move on so i'm gonna go with the hometown kid i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring michael Penix home i'm gonna go i'm gonna go michael Penix here at number 13 michael Penix. Plays at Washington, of course, played at Indiana, but he's from Tampa, Florida, grew up in Tampa, Florida, played for Tampa Bay Tech, I think, high school, Tampa Bay Tech High School. Um, but Jason Light, he's got great tabs on the Washington program. He's drafted a ton of Washington Huskies before. Um, I could see them being in on Michael Penix, and, and so I'll go Penix here at 13. Sign me up. I think that's a great pick. And Penix goes into a situation where he's throwing to legitimate wide receivers. Right, mm-hmm. but everything Penix does matches well with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like he will come out firing fearlessly for those guys to continue playing at a high level. Now, there's some things that you need to clean up on the offensive line for him to thrive. For sure, but, for sure. But I absolutely sign off on that one. All right, so for the Chargers at 14, I think this one's pretty easy. Or I'm going with Kool Aid McKinstry. Yeah, obviously the, okay. the JC Jackson signing did not work out for them. They, you know, 
cut the cord on that real quick. I think they need a corner, a, a long-term, another long-term corner here. I think some of their needs they could solve and uh, like their other premium needs they could solve later on in the draft. We don't know Austin Eckler's long-term future with the team, but you can get running back on day two of the draft. I think you can get the value of linebacker later in the draft. I'm going with Kool-Aid for the Chargers secondary. I think that that's a, uh, I think that that's a good need pick for them. And Kool-Aid's been really solid this year. I don't think we've we've said his name much just because right. a lot of it's in status quo. You know, he's one of the top corners that we had going into the year, and he is played like one of the top corners. I don't think he's like this elite, rare prospect. Like, he's not like yeah. a sauce or even like what I thought of Derek Stingley going into those drafts. He's or not with there. A spoon. Right. He's not at that point. But he is a mid-first-round corner that I think is a starting NFL caliber. Corner. Like, can he have the impact Deontay Banks has kind of had, right? Oh, I definitely think that. That's, a, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. kind of the right, like more of the range yeah. of, okay, we got a starting corner. That's, that's right. Right. You know, um, Tennessee Titans now up at number 15. Will Levis. Good for Will Levis. Man. Holy cow. The flamethrower was out this week. It was sick. Four touchdowns. Felt like all four of them were like beyond 60 yards. The man is invigorating DeAndre Hopkins' career once again. We thought he was dead. The Halloween season said absolutely not. They went full zombie mode, and there he is back in the end zone. So I kind of want to give him wide receiver, but if you're not nuts, the wide receiver that I would give them is Keon Coleman because he's the one who's left, which I think that Vrabel would love Keon Coleman. How old is Hopkins? I mean, you're he's only on one more year of a deal after this. Is it? Is yeah. he only? Is it's it a just two one year deal? Year? Yeah, so it's a two year deal. He'll be thirty two years old. They've got Traylon Burke. That's about it. Now you could definitely take a wide receiver here. Could definitely take a wide receiver here. Will he do it? Yeah, because the only <laughs> other player that I would really, I think, debate is maybe Jared Verse. But I feel like I like their front. I think defense is all right. I liked the will he do it and then the instant answering of his own question. Yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. All right, we'll go Keon Coleman. All right, Keon Coleman of the Titans. That's, fu- that's fun with Will Levis. Will Levis to Keon Coleman. Let's go, baby. That's- yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so Keon Coleman comes off the board, and I'm up on the clock with the Saints pick here. Man, for the Saints, it feels like they have a lot of talent falling into their lap with this spot. That it might just be too late in the draft where you don't pass on them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know they did a good job locking up Carl Granderson, and they drafted Isaiah Foskey last year. It's just tough to look at this and say, like, you're really not going to take Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, Dallas Turner, like one of the three. I think I'm actually going to go Dallas Turner in this spot because I think they can ask him to do some things off the ball. All right. And I know they like to get a little creative with their outside linebackers. So I'm going to take Turner in this spot as more of a chess piece for that front where they have some big bodies. He's a lighter player that can give you more of that finesse rusher. I think you could ask him to kind of spot drop and do different things in zone. He's just an exciting athlete on the field. 
Yeah. And for the Saints, I think that's a lot of fun to add to that front that already has some talent, but more beefy talent. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it at all. I think that it's kind of like pick your flavor right. of which one of these edge rushers that you want. I feel like the Saints just right off the bat, I feel like the the athleticism of Chop Robinson is what they've gone for before. Yep. But it's not like Dallas Turner is going to be an ath- a bad athlete. He's going to be a really good athlete. Oh, yeah. So, I uh, it's it, it's even though I I feel like I continually lean Chop Robinson to the Saints, Dallas Turner could very well be higher on their board uh, when we get to draft weekend. So yeah. I like that pick there. Jets up at 17. Here we go. This is the moment that you were waiting for. This is pretty good for you, though, I think. I've continually given them Graham Barton around this spot. Okay. I like Graham Barton a lot because Graham Barton, to me, is true offensive line versatility for a team that is – been ravaged with offensive line injuries this year for sure like barton to me can play tackle he can play guard he could even play center for you so for the jets to have a guy in elijah vera tucker who already has that kind of inside out versatility if you add another player that gives you that flexibility to me that's that's massive and i think that if they pick barton what would end up happening is he wouldn't be playing tackle. You'd you'd let Elijah Vera Tucker play tackle because he's already shown that he can. You would let Mekhi Becton stay a tackle, obviously. And then Graham Barton would take one of those guard spots, potentially if you wanted to move. I Shoot, I think Joe Tittman's actually bigger than Cody Barton. Or Tittman's, Barton. Tittman's huge. So I think like if you wanted Barton to play center and you wanted to move Tittman to guard, I mean, you Tittman's could do that. played guard so. this year, so you wouldn't even have to move him. There's just a ton of flexibility that I think that you could have with Graham Barton. And my only question to you would be, is the defensive line going to lose a bunch of people this offseason? Right. To where we we think about that? Well, you never ruled out with Salah. What I will say is they're trying to trade Lawson right now. Mm -hmm. They drafted Will McDonald in the first last year. Right. Did you see him jump over the line on the the Giants' missed field goal? I think a lot no, of people missed that. I did not so see this. Graham Gano, Will McDonald, who we talked about on this podcast a couple of years ago, like jumped over cars. We thought that was like a cool thing during summer scouting, and uh, Iowa State clipped it out in like a hype video form. It was it was neat, and that was when the pod was very young, so it was cool to see. But it's funny when that comes to life on a football field. Graham Gano missed a like 33 yarder that would have won the Giants the game. Will McDonald jumped over the line of scrimmage and put his freakish arms up and Gano had to alter the kick direction. But Can't. anyway, that's why I drafted him in the first round. Right, there's your first round pick. Special teams. So Carl Lawson could, is not going to be on the team next year. There's just no way they just let Bryce Huff walk into free agency. That seems so asinine, right? He's like a top eight pass rusher in the NFL right now. So you fran- <laughs> at a minimum, you, minimum, you franchise tag him. Right. And then Jermaine right. Johnson's had a really good season. So you should be okay with those three edge rushers. I know they All like right. to have eight million. But yeah, you're but right. You're, it's staring you in the face because it's like, wow, Jared Verse on the Jets. Yeah. Chop Robinson on the Jets scheme. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I get right. it. I get even it. Braylon Trice, you know, it's, sure. it's like you've got a lot of guys who are sitting here, but maybe that makes you feel good about who you could get in the second round. Wait, they wouldn't have a second round pick because of Rogers. They right? wouldn't have the second rounder. Mm. Um, but yeah, tough scene. Anyways, Graham Barton going to the New York Jets 17. OK, I think I think it's going to be an offensive line pick as well. I mean, they're just. They're going to pass the test. Bengals at 18. A lot of different ways this unit can go. 
obviously this is like you just dream of Brock Bowers falling here, but we're so far out of that range. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone right tackle here in this spot. Yeah, I think I'm going to take JC Latham. Okay. I there's part of me that just wants to take the freak of Amarius Mims. Both of them play right tackle too. So, right. You know, it's not. I know it's kind of tricky. Who do you got ranked higher? I I think Mims has a much higher ceiling. I think Latham has the better floor right now. But Latham still there's still some things that drive me nuts. I know the penalties two years ago were really really bad. Mm. He's a he's an ask. He plays with a little more sandpaper than Mims though right now. Like when I watch Latham, I'm like, mm. what is sandpaper? What do you mean? Like rough. Like he'll get oh. to the second he'll get to the second level and knock your head off. Okay. Where okay, Mims okay. is out there and it's like I have this giant crazy light footed athlete that is hard to get around but yeah. like can he kill someone for me and he probably will eventually but you can tell he's still getting his, <laughs> like he's still getting his footing under him but like latham i've seen latham get to the second level and i fear for other men's lives well yeah because he's like six six two three sixty or whatever which yeah. actually mims is also like well, 350 or something because mims is built like a, a power forward I so know. he's he, he is crazy crazy he, there there's so many alluring physical i need him to come back him. what is his injury status here he, i saw kirby said that he's like working extra hard he, to because he back tried to, he tried to give it a go versus florida i believe yeah um that it sounds like they're they're pretty optimistic about him coming back soon all right okay but Let's you know it. i mean Let's there's if there's Let's anything i trust in this life it's college coaches during press <laughs> so all right so you go so mary smith in the combine well, I'll come to your podium. <laughs> Anyways, I'll take JC Latham. Okay. <laughs> it took a long time to get there. Oh, no, we got there, though. We got there. That's all that matters. Falcons on the clock at 19. Um, I mean. It's oh, uh, McCarthy's here. Oh, yeah, we didn't. We didn't pick McCarthy. Yet. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I. Yeah. Right. What you. What do you hold on? What What do you, you, you did you have a reaction there? For, I didn't like, forget about him. You did or you didn't? No, I didn't. <laughs> and I know he's going to go or I, I don't I don't want this to come up that I don't like. I've been blo- my, like I've been wildly impressed with the improvements he's made this year. I, I'm just bracing myself for him to be the guy that goes way earlier. than I'll have him ranked because I think, so like, I, think I think he can go in the top 10 like very easily. Yeah, very easily. So anyway, Heisman's favorite. There's so is he the favorite? He's uh, some some boards have him as the favorite. It's like him and Penix are like, but I've seen some boards that have him as the actual betting favorite. Hmm. God, there's so many good edge rushers here, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a buffet of edge rushers that should be. Gone. All right. Um. Falcons are going to trade for Justin Fields. And then they're going to draft. Jared verse. Okay. That makes a lot of sense for them. Pass rush help is a big need. Jared versus awesome. I think he's got a lot of pro qualities already. Mm-hmm. He's got great hands. Like such great hands, and when you look at the the rookie pass rushers that come in and have some success, it's because of their uh, hand usage. So I like that, Trevor. 
Good call. All right. Vikings at 20. I basically saved JJ McCarthy for you here. Yeah. If, if you wish. To no, I'm going to because I, I don't. I, I as much as this leans more us doing what we want. I don't want the mock draft to be completely away from how things are probably going to I go. would also be fine. Okay. I, and it's, it's would yes, you, 20. Would you no, not, this is fine. This okay, is fine. Okay, okay, yes, right, good point. All right, because right. we're at this point, in it, and this is kind of, like, back half of the first round is certainly, like, where J.J. McCarthy is right now. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with that. Especially if it's, like, to the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. Like, I'm cool with this situation. Me it's too. good. Me too. He, he walks into a team that you're assuming he's throwing at Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkins, and Jordan 300 Addison. times a game. Yeah, just, yes. Justin Jefferson. They have one of the best tackles in football in Christian Derrissaw. There's there's a lot to like about him going here where a heavy 11 personnel, t- an offense with O'Connell that will allow McCarthy to utilize the, his velocity outside the numbers because mm-hmm. they have receivers that can win outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. So... No, you're. This is absolutely right. Like where you feel good about a landing spot here, rather than if we took McCarthy at eight to Denver, where it's like, right. eh, there's a lot can go wrong there really quickly. People, people don't know this, but the JJ and JJ McCarthy actually stands for Justin Jefferson. That's so. right. They should get tattoos. Right. Yeah. Matching tattoos. One Justin Jefferson just gets his name Justin Jefferson, and then JJ McCarthy gets Justin Jefferson McCarthy. There you go. And that's how he became a Vikings legend. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers up at number 20. Right. That kind of defines the Steelers season so far. Like that's just I reaction. Mean, their secondary stinks. They are a strange team. They feel like a one win team. Well, it was it was we had this conversation on the show. The 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers season is Mike Tomlin looking at looking at uh, God in the face for like the eighth year in a row. And he's basically just saying, yeah, make it worse and I'll figure out a way to get 500. It's the how are you still alive? Jesus. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. And it's literally Mike Tomlin on the other side saying, give me harder battles. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Oh, man. Look, I I like Joey Porter Jr. I I think that was a great pick by them. But yeah, he looks good. The secondary has got to get younger. It's got to get faster. Uh, especially on the outside, right? Like I, I think that there's a realistic possibility that what's Levi Wallace's contract? Not that it matters too much. Right, I was going to say, how much does it really matter? But I'm basically the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I think Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace could both be gone this year. Right. Okay, Levi's a free agent. Uh, Peterson probably has fake money in a second year of a deal. Peterson, has, Peterson. I mean, it's a they, they can move on and they can. I think save a bunch of money. Oh gosh, yeah, they save like seven million dollars. Yeah, it's, it's fake money. Yeah, 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 it's fake money. Monopoly. Um, we're going Nate Wiggins here. Hell yeah, we are. Uh, we talked on a previous show. At least I did a little bit. I think Nate Wiggins could be CB one in this class. Uh, I think the tape that he has put out there since coming back from being banged up a little bit um, has been very, very good. He moves super well. He's got great ball skills. Love the build. Love the length with him at six foot two. Um, Chloe McKinstry has just been a little bit more steady in his coverage over the last couple of years. And it, it being in that Saban system, how comfortable Kool-Aid McKinstry is playing with his back to the ball, playing press man coverage. Like it's just, it, it, it's something that it should absolutely be valued. But if you want 
the biggest swing of the bat in this cornerback class. I think, I think that's Nate Wiggins. So we're going to go Wiggins here to the Steelers to give them Joey Porter Jr. on the outside and Nate Wiggins on the outside going into next year. All right, the Texans, who have some sneaky pass rush talent, even outside of Will Anderson. John Grenard, get her great. Bro, he's killing it. Respect it. Respect, put some damn respect on it. Man, the, the Texans fall into that same bucket. There, okay, so there's a swing for the fences pick here to be had that I'm gonna go with, but I, I get a little, you know, a little bit of a chicken feeling when I because t- this pick could look so different when you do the full evaluation two months from now. Leonard Taylor is the swing for the fences pick in this spot. Mm, yeah, it is. He like once he's the classic. I remember we came out of summer and we liked him a lot. We we thought he was gonna be this like massive breakout, and you could see it. Leonard Taylor is the classic. Give me his five best plays, and it, it's number one overall pick type of stuff. Yes, that's like, plays. That's the thing. Now, the consistency, I don't think, is there. But when you look at what D'Amico Ryans wants to do and how that front plays and what they have on the edges, if they hit on a player of Taylor's talent, like the caliber of talent he has, it would be insane what that defense is starting to do. That is so reliant on the front four. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Leonard Taylor because I think at 22, he is worth the swing. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, we went into this year thinking that he could be a top 10 overall pick. It's just it's it's too up and down. It's last him. year all over again. Yeah. And last year ended well for him because when yep. you you know you bring all the numbers together it's like damn he dominated so much that it was okay you know he's in that DT1 conversation but i think he's more of that mid late first round pick type of a swing of the bat that you were talking about so and we see him eye to eye but i'd really like him on a defensive line that has D'Amico Ryan certainly as 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 the head coach there knowing a lot about how to get the most out of guys on the defense side of the football they've got two great edge rushers in Grenard and um and Will Anderson, obviously. So forming a really great defensive line, very talented defensive line, it's uh, it's never a bad idea. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Uh, unfortunately, we're recording this to the point where I don't know if it's going to be out by Monday Night Football. But just to give you an example of what the Prize Picks life is like, okay? This was PFS Prize Pick lineup for last Sunday. We had Tony Pollard, Moore. Then 0.5 touchdowns. We had Adam Thielen more than 65 and a half receiving yards. Austin Eckler more than 0.5 touchdowns. Kirk Cousins more than 1.5 passing TDs. Fortunately, the Kirk Cousins part, not so great. But if you're kind of confused, it's not that confusing. What prize picks is, is you take two to six entries and you bundle it all up. And if they hit, depending on how many legs you got, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's an awesome way to get some skin in the game, have some fun while you're watching football. It's great. You can also play alongside some of Price Pick's favorite players like Meek Mill, like Meek Mill's in on it as well. Uh, comedian Andrew Schultz, like all sorts of pop culture icons are in on this. You can now find it on the Community Plays tab under the Promos tab in the app. View the entries for some of the biggest names in the world and in the Price Picks community every single week. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy. Listen to this so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. Which is kind of crazy, right? Every time you see an injury, you're like, wow, my bad, my bad. It's, it's, it's all for nothing. My entry's all for nothing. No, no, no. For football and basketball games, 
If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return for the second, that player is automatically rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. It's pretty cool. Go to prizepicks.com backslash NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for a first deposit match up to $100. Like I said, it's a really fun game, fun way to get some extra skin in the game when you're watching these games. And they'll give you free $100. when It's, it's a deposit match. Use that promo code. Make it happen. Again, that's prizepicks.com backslash NFLSE. Use the promo code NFLSE for your first deposit match up to 100 cold ones. Am I up? Odd numbers is twenty three an odd number? Nah, it can't be. You got to be up. Twenty three right. is me with the no. I just no. You're right. I know. You just meant. Oh you man, that almost up. worked. I almost duped you right there. You really did. I almost made. I know. The, and I saw Leonard Taylor right above it. I'm like, I just talked about Leonard Taylor for like thirty minutes. <laughs> Mock drafts, dude. San Francisco 49ers at twenty three. Um, yeah, obviously the team's horrible now. Um, they're not going to win again. They, they got to find a franchise quarterback. Yeah, Brock Purdy's. I mean, see him in the CFL next year. If we're being if honest, he's lucky. If he's if he's lucky. <laughs> no, San Francisco obviously still a really good team. When they get Trent Williams back, when they get um, Debo Samuel back, they're still going to be a really good football team. Two of their best players. Forward. Yeah, a little bit. Of, imagine that. Wow. I think offensive line still needs help. I think this is the Amarius Mims pick, right? I mean, you, you've got the rest of the talent along the offensive side to you know draft a guy like this even with the little amount of experience that Marius Mims has you've seen so many flashes with him that you go this is still player at the back end of the first round could be a future starter on the offensive line for us for a long time I'm looking at corner as well but I like Mims or Cooper DeGene god they'd love Cooper DeGene I still think it's Mims. Kind of twisted yourself into a pretzel here, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's Mims. I'm pulling up the depth chart to make sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you play Mims at right tackle. Yeah, you play Mims at running back. It's fine. All right, so That'd yeah, cool. Marius Mims. Play him at quarterback. Quarterback competition between Marius Mims and Brock Purdy going into the season. It's very easy. You're up with Buffalo at 24. All right, the Bills in this spot, I'm right away going with Cam Kitchens. I've talked about them getting a little old at the safety position. Their defensive depth has been tested this year. It also hasn't worked out with Kyer Elam, which is disappointing. But they're a team that they're going to need secondary help this offseason. Kitchens can handle almost any role you throw at him from the safety perspective. Him or Newbin at this spot, I have no problem with, and I think is a great fit for Buffalo. Uh, as they try to get a little younger on the back end, and Kinchins is a pretty explosive player if you need him to come up and play up front, too. Lions up at 25, right? 25, yep. 25. Ain't corners most likely here. I feel like the strength of Kamari Lassiter feels like it goes into what they like. I also still really like Josh Josh Newton. I know he had a rough outing against Colorado and, and Travis Hunter to start the year, and I think a lot of people were just down on him after that, but I think that they would like both those guys. I also think they'd like TJ Tampa a lot. It's very... I think TJ Tampa's their kind of player. Yeah, long corner, explosive, plays the ball. But I'm an idiot because Cooper DeGene's still on the board, yep. so this one's never been it. easier. We're going Cooper DeGene such here a layup. for the Detroit it's such Lions. A layup. I scrolled too far on the mock sim because I didn't think that he'd be there. 
we one still have, of the best playmakers in the draft. Yeah, no brainer. We still have Chop Robinson on the board. Yeah, I mean, Chop's just been another player who has been hot and cold. Really hot and cold. Very hot and this cold this year. But it's, just yeah, it's it's funny. And you not say a high, that. not a high floor hot and cold either. No, like it's. I agree. I do this series for NBC called the Big Ten Film Breakdown every week at the top mm-hmm. of the week, and how I go about it. I catch up on all the Big Ten film of like the standouts, right? And and at this point of the year, I've done it. Like I've done Marvin Harrison Jr. I've done Johnny Newton. Like I've done the the JJ McCarthy. A lot of big time players, even like Roman Wilson. I'm gonna be honest, and I I still really like him, and I'll get into that in a second. Like I haven't had the week where I'm like it's Chop Robinson time, and that's yeah. crazy to me. That's yeah. crazy to me because he has so much talent, and I am gonna take him at 26 year to Dallas because both, both him and King, honestly, King's. And he got highlighted in the Ohio State game, which was right. It's weird. Their big three had bad moments in that game. Like Olu was amazing, but even JT got Olu a couple of times where you're it's like when you don't expect someone to be human and they get, you know, they start bleeding from a cut. It was like, whoa, Olu can be beat. You never see it. Right. But that says more about Olu. That it's that's how the regard we hold him to that he can't lose a rep without it being a thing. Anyway, Chop Robinson to the Cowboys. This is a team that has pass rush help, obviously, but this is the best player available spot here. It's funny, Trevor, because I will say this about Chop. Penn State once in a while will use him how Dallas uses Micah. They'll have him stand up over interior offensive linemen. Just double Micah. Yeah. So with Chop maybe a little bit more of a traditional player rather than all the different things Micah can do, but he's a special athlete. He's got really good burst off the ball. He can turn the corner. He's very, very twitchy. This is kind of that idea of we're going to get a another guy up front. That's going to be in our rotation and we're going to develop him by year two or year three with all those special physical gifts into being Micah's running mate of the long-term future. I mean, when you put it like that, (laughs) When you put it like that, it sounds uh, sounds pretty good. They take All pass right. rush early. Wait, who could blame them? You do need to do that. Man, I think if an offensive lineman makes two at 26, oh, their offensive line needs a it big does. upgrade. It does. Well, who was I going to go with in this spot, though? You'd be pretty far down the board. I'd be I mean, in like if, the Jordan Morgan, right. Patrick Paul. Right, yeah. yeah. And I that like them. I don't know if I like them at 26, maybe over over chop. Right. I, but I yeah, just figured, I wanted to bring it up because I know I know Cowboys fans are going to be like, we need O-line. It's like, I know yeah. we do. But... So does the league. Man, yeah, everybody in the league. Does. Jets ran out of centers on Sunday. I hate. Yeah, I heard they gave you a call, but you were like, they nah, did. Man. I said I was going to stay on the desk in postgame yeah. uh, so I wouldn't die at yeah. age 31. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, respect. Yeah. I hate to be boring with the Jags pick because we've put Tyler Newman here before. But it's perfect. The way that the board continually falls when we go through these exercises, Newbin's the best guy available. He's one of the best safeties in this draft. Might be safety one when it's all said and done. He's yep. got an incredible awareness of Minnesota safety. Tyler Newbin, very experienced, leader of that team. 
really great over the middle defender, fantastic with anticipation. He might not have the crazy single high coverage athleticism that some of these other he's safeties have. He's got some have, range, though. He does have good range, though. He's he's he'd be, he's a great in a two deep safety system. He's got plenty of of uh, of speed to get from the hashes to the sideline. And him playing next to Andre Cisco, I think it would be, just be a fantastic duo for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll go we'll go Newbin here. Although, what's their wide receiver situation this offseason? They have all of them under contract still. Still? Yeah, right. they okay. do. All right. They're all, all right. under all right. contract all right. still. All right. All right. All I've right. literally done the exact thing you did while picking for them. Where I was like, maybe they move on from, say, Jones and like, eh, right now. So the Ravens on the clock at 28. This is where I'm going to have Kalen King come off the board. And I know he hasn't had the encore college season he's hoped for so far. But there's a lot of talent in there. He plays with an edge. He moves really, really well. The Ravens need corner help. Maybe this is even a situation where King is going to play inside and outside for them at the next level. It's definitely a place where he could be their nickel. I think I, my other options in this spot were kind of interesting for the Ravens. Like you could argue a Mecca Buka or AD right. Mitchell be, or those are really the two because Zay Flowers is going to be their very scheme touches, gadgety wide receiver. I, I saw Odell's frustration. I know he drew the flag, but it's, you know, Odell's on a one year and it, he's not, he's just not Odell right now. I mean, they still need pass catching help on the outside for Lamar Jackson, but I'm going to default back to getting a corner because I think that could be the bigger need here. And I, I still am a believer in King's talent. It's just caused him to fall to the end around one. Yeah, I would. It was basically um, him or Trice for me. Yeah. Trice would be the other guy that I would think about here in this spot. Seattle Seahawks are on the clock at 29. They recently traded for Leonard Williams, who we think is going to be an interior player for them, right? He could play a little nose for you. He could play a little three-tech, right? I think he's going to be heavily involved in that interior rotation. I think interior defensive line is the Seahawks' biggest need. I think maybe interior offensive line as well, but we don't really have a guard or a center who's available who I would go to here. The rest of the team is really solid, and that's why you go make a trade for Leonard Williams, right? Because you think that you are right there. You're, you're going all in, and so... I love what Seattle's doing. They're playing really well. They've got a lot of great pieces. They're trying they to steal that division. Absolutely they are. Yeah, and they believe that, that they can win that division, and they absolutely should. Man, who are they going with here? 29. You're in a little bit of a tricky spot. Maybe Chris Jenkins? I was just going to say, when you look at the structure of Leonard Williams' deal, like wouldn't you think Chris Jenkins is a tailor-made kind of fit for them he is he definitely is because you're good if you don't go there you're in a very peculiar spot in terms of what you're drafting like they still believe in Gino. there's not a ton of offensive line help in this spot right i believe in their pass rush talent continuing to grow they have corners like they have corners again it's i guess it's just braylon trice or Chris Jenkins. They were probably a team that you look at Cam Kinchins or Tyler Newbin and think could have worked there because they're, they're getting they're aging a little bit at safety, right? Or dealing with health as well often. But no, I'm. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually one of the hardest picks we've had of the draft. I would probably default to the floor of Jenkins. 
but this is your own adventure, pal. Tyler Lockett's playing really well, but what's his? The Tyler Lockett contract? I love when we do this. The Tyler well, Lockett we, contract? So, yeah, but we did it last... I think we did it last year, or maybe we did it earlier than this year. Man, so he's 32 next year. His cap hit goes up to $26.7 million. They got to redo it. They would have to redo it. And if you cut him, you're actually saving a bunch of money because his dead cap's 19, but he's on the cap for you for 26. So you're saving 7 mil if you cut him. I don't know if they're going to cut him. I mean, in theory, you'd like JSN to start eating more targets in that offense, but Tyler Lockett's been one of the biggest models of consistency across the NFL got, for five years. And you got Jake Bobo, who's a legend Jake, Bo- Jake Bobo. Who's up to what now? After these last two weeks? <laughs> MVP, that's what he's up to. Oh, Jake Bobo. We didn't give him enough love in the uh, the Rookie of the Year episode. That was something we, we definitely did not. We could have given him some more love there. I'll go with Braylon Trice. I guess I'll go with Braylon Trice. I just go get the edge rusher. I feel like he's got the the mentality to be able to play all over the field for he's a stand-up or a hand-of-the-dirt guy. Invest in the defensive line. It can never be a bad thing. Pete Carroll was talking about less than a year ago how it kept them up at night, how bad they were on the defensive line getting after the passer. So uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to really second guess giving them more talent there, even though they just added Leonard Williams. So you're up 30 for the Dolphins. I'll go with TJ Tampa in this spot. I think when you look at Miami, they need mm-hmm. offensive line help. They do. We didn't get as lucky this time where last time Amarius Mims fell into their lap. Mm-hmm. Xavier Howard is not the Xavier Howard of old anymore. And I know he's been hurt too, but isn't that always kind of the issue? Like it feels like, Part of the issue with Xavier Howard is that he's hurt. They're getting Ramsey back, which is really good news for them. But the Dolphins have some aging questions in the secondary. If there's no offensive line here that you feel good about, I do feel good about a long corner that can press, that can play the ball, that can turn and run like TJ Tampa. Kansas City on the clock. I've often gone Xavier Leggett for them because I like the idea of getting that big body contested catch receiver who they just do not have. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> their wide receiver room is, is Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, Miko Hardman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need, if, if Travis Kelsey starts to decline at all whatsoever, you have no big body contested catch guys. For a quarterback that, Loves to extend plays and take chances down the field. So power because of that, amazing. because of that, I'm going to take AD Mitchell. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. AD Mitchell has. I, I did this exercise before this week, so I think he caught another touchdown this week. But AD Mitchell has scored eight touchdowns in the last ten games that he has started in college football. I mean, he's just he's just a touchdown machine. I think he'd be a contested catch guy. I think he moves really well for a six foot four receiver. Could be great in the red zone. So we're going to go Mitchell here. And I think that's the type of receiver that the Kansas City Chiefs would need to keep the the, the foot on the gas pedal with that offense. The Eagles at 32. I'm going to go with Denzel Burke from Ohio State. Uh, a very, nice. very athletic corner. Um, somebody we've talked about on the show was great as a freshman, had the sophomore slump. I really like what I've seen on tape from him this year. He's a really good athlete. He's got length. We know he can come up and hit. 
And I think the Eagles are another team that as much as we've really loved their secondary over the years, they're starting to show their age a little bit at outside corner. Mm -hmm. So Denzel Burke for me would be a guy that you take a shot on the traits in the spot and is a true outside corner, I think, at the next level. All right, so there we go. That is the first round. We will give Carolina Panthers fans and Cleveland Browns fans a little love, though. Carolina currently picking at 34, so that's two picks after this. We got the Cardinals that are up next, and I figured that they're probably, like, if, if, if the board were to fall like this, they're probably going JT Tui Malowau, right? Sure. I mean, I, I think that that could be an option for them. It's probably something along the defensive line. Maybe a Joan, Jonah Ellis from Utah. Maybe a Chris yes. Jenkins from from Michigan. Like I think all of those guys are in play for them to get some extra defensive line talent in there. And that would mean that, man, Carolina's got their pick of, of three different style players who I think could all be great for them at receiver. Emeka Ibuka is still on the board. Xavier Worthy is still on the board. And Xavier Leggett. I talked about Leggett, what he has been as one of the best contested catch massive receivers in college football from South Carolina, Xavier Worthy, one of the fastest wide receivers, the wide receiver from Texas, who they love getting the ball into his hands because he's so electric. And Mecca Buka, the all-around type of wide receiver who I think he could play inside and out. He could survive on the outside. He could survive in the slot. He could be a heavy volume guy. Do you lean anywhere with like those three wide receivers? I'll throw Johnny Wilson from Florida State, the massive six foot six, two hundred and forty pound wide receiver in there as well. Anybody kind of stand out to you? This is an evens pick, so I'll give you the the the, the final say here. It would be a, a Buka for me because I like okay. the timing Bryce can play with, and I think Abuka is a guy that understands how to play with timing. He's phenomenal against zone. Um, he's got strong hands. I think he's a good route runner. I it's kind of weird to say, but there's some aspects of his game that are similar to Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen's had a lot of success with Bryce this year. So I would, I would go with the Buka. I think he just fits the timing and rhythm that Bryce plays with. Yeah. And then the Browns are picking it 54. Man, this one's a little more difficult. I, I think this is great range for like Mason Smith to finally go off the board. The defensive tackle from LSU that on the talent, former five-star hell of a talent towards ACL at the beginning of last year. You could tell he's kind of just still working back from that. And, man, I think that he would be a really good player to plug in in the middle of this defense because you could probably continue to ease him into it a little bit. And I think that is something that's going to be important for them. Cedric Tillman, I think, could get more involved in this offense, so I'm not too worried about wide receiver. Martin Emerson's playing well. Denzel Ward's playing well. Linebackers are playing well. So I think I'd go Mason Smith, the uh, incredibly talented recruit who is still scratching the surface of what he could be as a player. That's who I'm going for, for the Browns. All right, we're going to recap the entire draft here for you guys, but before we get to that, it's a, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It is the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you the below the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. AI is cool, but I think this might be the biggest technological advancement the world has ever seen. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to Manscaped dot com getting 20 percent off and free shipping using the promo code pff high tech for low places 
our friends over at Manscaped. Everyone knows how scary it can be when you go for that close shave below the belt. That's why we trust Manscaped for all those sensitive areas. Inside this package, you'll find the star of the show, the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra, their fifth generation trimmer. Now features two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top and for new fo- the, the new foil blade to go smooth whenever your heart desires. No more wet shaving down there. You can count me in. This bad boy also features LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones so you could shed some light on uh, even your darkest places. That's in the script, folks. It's in the scripts and off the top of the dome. What they're saying. This is here. It's a cutting edge for cutting pubes. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. We've used this product before. It is absolutely fantastic. I can promise you've never had a ball trimmer look like a spaceship before. Get yours today from our friends over at Manscaped. Recapping the draft here. Um, I'll do the first half. You want to do the second half? Yeah, let's do it. Arizona Cardinals back at number one. Didn't have them taking a quarterback. No trades in this mock, but we said we could see trades certainly in the future if this ends up happening. Olu Vashon of the offensive tackle for Penn State. Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC, going to the Bears at two. Marvin Harrison, the wide receiver from Ohio State, going to the Bears at three. Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina, going to the Giants uh, at four. Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame to the Patriots at five. Talise Fuaga, the offensive tackle from Oregon State, going to the Packers at six. Brock Bowers, the ultimate tight end prospect from Georgia going to the Colts at seven Latu Latu the edge rusher from UCLA going to the Broncos at eight Bo Nix quarterback of the future for the Los Angeles Rams from Oregon at number nine Romo Dunze top 10 for Romo Dunze hell yeah I love it wide receiver from Washington going to the Washington Commanders Malik Neighbors the wide receiver from LSU going to the Cardinals at 11 Jerzon Newton the interior defensive lineman from Illinois to the Raiders at 12 Michael Penix Jr. coming home to Tampa to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the quarterback from Washington at number 13, Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner from Alabama, going to the Chargers at 14. Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State, going to the Titans at 15. And then Dallas Turner to the Saints as the edge rusher from Alabama, going to 16. All right, he passes the baton. 17 to the Jets. Trevor takes Graham Barton, a versatile offensive lineman. 18, the Bengals go O-line as well with J.C. Latham. 19, the Falcons take pass rusher Jared Verse. 20, the Vikings get their quarterback of the future and J.J. McCarthy. 21, the Steelers take Nate Wiggins, a corner out of Clemson with a lot of upside. 22, the Texans, speaking of upside, they go that route with interior defensive lineman Leonard Taylor out of Miami. The Niners take Amarius Mims, the gigantic tackle out of Georgia. The Bills go with safety Cameron Kinchins out of Miami. The Lions take Cooper DeGene, the corner out of Iowa. The Cowboys take Chop Robinson, pass rusher Penn State. Jacksonville at 27 takes safety Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. The Ravens go with secondary help as well. Kalen King, the corner out of Penn State. Seattle, the Seahawks end up taking Braylon Trice, a local player, the edge from Washington. The Dolphins at 30 go with corner TJ Tampa from Iowa State. The Chiefs take A.D. Mitchell, the touchdown machine wide receiver out of Texas. 32, the Eagles take cornerback Denzel Burke from Ohio State. We did do two second-round picks. We had the Panthers at 34, taking wide receiver Emeka Abuka out of Ohio State. And the Browns all the way down at 54 went with Mason Smith, the very talented interior defensive lineman from LSU. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know 
what your takes are on our takes. Let us know what you thought of some of the picks, whether it was your favorite team or just if you're a fan of the NFL draft, where each player was going. If you think a guy was way too high, way too low, let us know. Best way to sound off is, of course, in the YouTube comments, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you're audio only, you can hit us up on social media at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Roger. That's on X and Instagram. You can also follow the show on Twitter as well, uh, at PFF underscore NFLSE. That's where you can find the show. We're tweeting out the episodes and everything. It's a great way to find the NFL draft, or I should say the NFLSE community, the addicts, if you will and get to talk to the people who are um, who are listening to the show. So we'd love to hear from you guys. There's a, there's a lot of combinations of how mock drafts could go. And now that we are getting into the home stretch of the college football season, halfway through the NFL season, almost halfway through the NFL season, the order is becoming a lot more clear. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? No idea what we're doing Wednesday. No idea what we're doing no Wednesday. No idea what we're doing Wednesday, which is fun. It's almost time to fix some teams. It is almost time to fix some teams. We have a lot. We of, want to devote. We want to devote more time to that this year. By the way, yeah, we, know that you, and we might be we, a week or two early. Yeah, it's it's going to start earlier this year. Right. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for the last year and a half, one, we absolutely love the heck out of you for it. But you can remember the fix your franchise episodes that we would do, where we would take these really big deep dives into teams, look at potential new coaching staffs, potential free agent signings. Uh, and then a potential draft class for them to, well, fix their franchise. And the schedule, the way that it comes out, we started those in January. And man, it's like Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, Combine, free agency just like came around so quick. So I feel like we only did two or three last year. We want to get to a lot more this year. We know you guys love those deep dive episodes. So we're going to get to those. I don't know if it's this this Wednesday might be a little bit early, right. but it is coming soon. It is coming soon. You can always bring back our notes idea which was a lot of no people, notes idea people had a lot of fun with no notes I I, like honestly vo- vote in the comments if you feel really strongly about something we will yes. we will defer to you yep we yeah. absolutely will so y'all we're show a show of the people are. we are a show of the people if you want the no note segment hey again fire it off in the comments yeah. smash the like button whenever you see somebody mention in the comments and we'll read it we will read it and we will give you the nfl draft coverage the y'all's hearts desired we did the mock draft over at pff.com you can do the same go over there you see the updated big board the mock draft simulator you can run through as many of those bad boys as you want until your heart is full have at it i'm trevor sikama that is connor rogers thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the nfl stock exchange podcast we will see you on wednesday